0: Hello and welcome to the Designed for Greatness podcast, Conversations with Canvas to help you elevate your mind, body and spirit and own your divine greatness. Today you have episode 3, loving what we have while working for what we want. Friends, thank you for your incredible support of this podcast. It truly is a dream come true for me. Your ratings, reviews and shares are critical. The reviews truly touch my heart. Please continue to leave me feedback. This is a big undertaking. I am so grateful for your consistent encouragement. Okay, let's jump in. Have you ever felt guilty for wanting more out of life? Do you desire something different, better, or yearn for a change? Has there been a time in your life where something that used to light you up now seems mundane and you long for more? Despite bounteous blessings, have you ever felt restless like there is more out there for you? Do you know where you wanna be, but sometimes feel down on yourself for how far away from that ideal you currently are? Do you ever get sick of waiting and feel restless for your work to pay off? Do you ever spin in your mind about what you don't have and then beat yourself up for not being grateful? Is there a part of you that is bored, unfulfilled, dissatisfied, leaving you feeling flat and blah. If any of these questions resonate, then this episode is for you. If you've ever felt unsatisfied and a longing for something more or different or better, congratulations, (laughs) this is the best news ever because it means you are in tune with your spirit. Really, these nudges of discontent don't have anything to do with being ungrateful or selfish. They don't mean you aren't good enough or that you are messing up in some way. These dissatisfied feelings we experience are simply little pushes from our spirit and invitations from God to become more. Our spirits need three things, connection, contribution, and growth. If any of these needs are unfulfilled, our spirits will create emotions in our bodies that will urge us to meet these needs. The dissatisfaction I've described here is meant to spur us into creating more connection, contribution, and growth in our life. I love how Neil Maxwell refers to this restlessness. He calls it divine discontent. If you've ever felt that you aren't where you want to be, that you desire additional blessings or something further, these are actually incredibly beautiful emotions because this dissatisfaction is like a cattle prod that urges you forward into more growth and greater fulfillment. We only get one chance at mortality. God and our spirits know this, and they are chomping at the bit to lead us into our best, most fulfilling life. However, it is very easy to get caught in the trap of reacting negatively to our discontent. Feelings of discontent and wanting more are often misinterpreted, and if we aren't careful, they can result in debilitating discouragement. Now, let me be very clear here, because it is the awareness of your dissatisfaction that is the critical factor in how you respond to it. The dissatisfaction can be destructive and lead you down a rabbit hole of despair, or the feelings of discontent can be divine and empowering, leading you to live into your divine greatness and inspiring you to fulfill your missions to this world. God uses discontent to help us grow and realize who we really are. Under his spirit, the discontent triggers us to develop our gifts, our strengths, talents, aptitudes, and capacities. Satan uses discontent to discourage and devastate us. When we are under the influence of the adversary, we will believe the lies that he pushes into our minds about our ineptitude, inability to change, and ingratitude. Satan uses dissatisfaction to stoke our insecurities and keep us stuck or in self-sabotage. Ultimately, we get to choose what we make the dissatisfaction that we feel mean about us and about our life. When we start to get too comfortable, too indulgent, too content, that is when God and our divine spirit will plant in our hearts the desire for something more. We will experience divine discontent. The secret is to recognize the truth behind the restlessness we feel. It is an invitation to grow. and. The way we use the divine discontent to grow and create the life of our dreams is to do as Helen Keller says, be happy with what you have while working for what you want. Every step forward in history is the result of this divine discontent leading to a vision of something more and then brave, courageous action in the direction of the dream. Martin Luther King, he was not okay with the way blacks were being treated. He knew to his core it was wrong. He could envision a world where racism and segregation weren't even a thing. The divine discontent engendered within him a vision of a better way. This dream empowered him to take courageous action. Martin Luther King led bus boycotts, eventually ending segregation on buses. He inspired the civil rights act, ending segregation in all public facilities. His brave actions won him the Nobel peace prize at only 35 years old. Ultimately, due to his divine discontent, he changed America. I have a dream is the speech he is known for and strict adherence to this dream is the reason he was able to create such a powerful pivot in our history. I am so grateful he acted on the divine discontent by accepting and being grateful for what he had while working for what he wanted, his vision and the actions which ensued changed the world for the better. Phenomenal people create change in this world because they use their discontent as an invitation, prompting development of their innate gifts, strengths, and talents, which they put to use to accomplish their mission to this world. The trick to keeping our discontent divine and not allowing it to pull us in a downward spiral of ineptitude is the ability to focus on gratitude, to be happy for what we have while working for what we want. Every upgrade and advancement in technology began with discontent. Thomas Edison was frustrated with mere candlelight at night. He visualized a world where the night could be as bright as day. And then he went to work. The Wright brothers were dissatisfied with merely walking and running and with the modes of transportation available to them. They were inspired by kites and bats and especially birds. They dreamed of flying. They eventually created the first airplane and absolutely transformed travel incredible inventions are the result of divine discontent. The restlessness inspires evolution and enhancement of natural aptitudes and abilities, which enable the inventor to fulfill an important purpose to the world. The only way this discontent results in growth and progression is with the gratitude and faith inherent in Helen Keller's wise formula. By being happy with what we have while working for what we want. Our ancestors would have been completely blown away to see that the majority of people across the planet have smartphones, tiny little computers we carry around everywhere in our pockets that allow us so many capabilities. Not only can we see and talk to people across the world in real time, but we can send and receive massive amounts of data at the speed of light to and from almost anywhere on earth. We have access to any information we desire in seconds, right at our fingertips. These mini computers can take and store videos, pictures, voice recordings, screenshots, not to mention the abundance of apps available. The technology we enjoy today and even take for granted is all because people were dissatisfied with what was, and that stimulated a vision for what could be. They utilized their God given strengths and talents to make the changes they desired in the world. They were able to access gratitude and faith by being happy for what they have while working for what they want. It explodes my brain a little bit to think about what the billions of humans across the planet right now are creating and inventing for our future because of discontent used divinely. Elon Musk alone continues to change the world because of his dreams for the future, which solve the problems of today. Have you ever driven or been in a Tesla? It's incredible. And to think of further advancements in self-driving electrical cars, solar energy, even reusable rockets. Can you imagine a world where regular space travel is not only possible but common? Where millions of people live on Mars? Robotics are already transforming the medical field and what's possible during surgeries, Imagine the possibilities in the future for people with spinal cord injuries and devastating neurological diseases. It is so awesome to think of all the inventions going on throughout the world that are in the works right now. Upstream of every single step forward in history and in technology is dissatisfaction. Every transformation of ourself, every time we level up or develop our character and improve our abilities in some way, it is a result of discontent. It's the restlessness with our status quo that triggers it all, and the secret to using discontent for the divine purpose it's meant for, to further our connections, contributions, and growth, is to love what we have while working for what we want. It's all about gratitude and faith in action. Now problems arise when discontent is misunderstood. Often when our brains are running on default with the lower brain driving, we fall into the messed up mentality where we make the discontent mean we are messed up or we are messing up our lives. The restlessness that comes up as we get bored with our circumstances or too comfortable in our job or unsatisfied with our life is misinterpreted as evidence that we are failing or that we're not enough. Without awareness and intention, Most well-meaning humans use this restlessness to unwittingly create feelings of discouragement. If we aren't deliberate about head hygiene and being the boss of our brain, it's easy to slip into the snare of making wanting something more mean we aren't good enough or that we are selfish and ungrateful, both of which are lies that Satan feeds us, meant to shut us down and keep us stagnant in our cave. Michelle Craig gave a great talk on divine discontent. She said, quote, we should welcome feelings of divine discontent that call us to a higher way while rejecting and avoiding Satan's counterfeit, paralyzing discouragement," End quote. The adversary knows the good that we can all do, and it terrifies him. He loves to twist and contaminate our discontent through the thoughts he pushes into our lower brains. Satan is a master at using dissatisfaction to elicit shame with thoughts like, you aren't good enough. You could never do that. You don't have what it takes. There's no way you could. You aren't capable of solving that. You aren't smart enough. You don't have the right connections. You don't have enough skills. You'll never have enough education or money. You can't even handle what's on your own plate right now. You could never find the time or energy. You're too old to make a difference. You're too young. Who are you to think you could change things? Does any of this sound familiar? He morphs discontent into guilt with thoughts like, You are ungrateful if you want more, or you should stop being so selfish and just be happy with what you have. Do you recognize any of these arguments? Don't fall for it. The traps of landing in discouragement, shame, and guilt for feelings of discontent never need to hold you back again. Awareness is the first step. I work with women every day that feel unfulfilled and restless. They speak of dissatisfaction with just being a mom, and then beat themselves up for not finding 100% fulfillment in motherhood. Their unmanaged discontent lands them in shame and guilt. They tell themselves they should be grateful for their kids and they should be satisfied with their role as a mother. They are ashamed for wanting more because of thoughts like, I'm not a good enough mom. How could I even think about doing something more? I'm just being selfish. I should feel lucky that I get to be a mom. What's my problem? If I started a business, I couldn't be a good mom. If I spend money on myself, that's selfish. Investing in me would take money away from my family. I am a mess and trying to help myself wouldn't even work anyway. If I left my kids for any reason, I would be shirking my motherly duties. Instead of using the dissatisfaction as an impetus for growth, they make it mean they aren't good enough or that they're messing up somehow. This leads to these good-hearted mothers, eventually losing touch with their passions and what brings them joy, often resulting in depression and anxiety with their self-worth in the toilet. But remember the true divine purpose of discontent. It is meant to propel us into growth, connection, and contribution. It is an invitation to develop our gifts and further fulfill our purpose. Yes, these mothers are heroically realizing their purpose as a mother and they can also lean into new experiences for growth and happiness as they let the desires of their heart lead them to more. Please hear me now. There is nothing wrong with wanting to pursue other things while at the same time being an incredible mother. Starting a business, developing a hobby, or following a dream on top of being a powerhouse mother is available to you. And the discontent is actually a beautiful sign that you are ready to grow. That it's time to take the next step. One of my heroes is Jodi Moore. She is a mother of four who loves her children, but she didn't find complete and utter fulfillment with motherhood. She dreamed of more. Jodi started her life coaching business during nap times. She leveraged her discontent in a divine way, which led her to hone her innate abilities and put her gifts and talents into action to help other women, all while showing up as a wonderful mother to her kids. She is the reason I became a life coach. Her business touches thousands upon thousands of people. She is changing lives all over the world, all while killing it as a mom, She is a shining example to her children that motherhood isn't drudgery. It's a huge piece of a fulfilling life. She is showing them that when you become a mother, your own hopes and dreams don't have to be left behind. I am so grateful Jody used the formula of being happy with what she has while working for what she wants, that allows her to access the gratitude and faith necessary to realize her dreams. I wouldn't be where I am today without her. I am so blessed to help women every day whose dissatisfaction with their bodies has urged them into finding ways to bring about the body size they deeply desire. Some have unintentionally interpreted this discontent with their body size to mean they aren't good enough and that they never will be unless they lose the weight. I love opening their eyes to the lies they have been believing. And I am truly addicted to waking people up to the ability they have to take back their power and own the results of their lives. Eventually, these women learn how to utilize their discontent with their body size as an opportunity for growth, which empowers them to develop new skill sets and strengths that then ripple into every facet of their lives. The way it is done is by accessing gratitude and faith through being happy for what they have while working for what they want. Becoming thankful for their strong legs, their bright eyes, their functioning bodily systems, while working for what they want, a body size that is easier on their joints, healthier for their systems and more effective for the fulfillment of their work on this earth. These women are transforming not only their bodies, but their minds and spirits too, by loving what they have while working for what they want. Gratitude is a magnet for miracles. It builds faith. It empowers the development of skills necessary to fulfill the desire, which in turn blesses themselves and others. It's a magical formula. Be happy with what you have while working for what you want. Thomas Jefferson said one of my very favorite quotes of all time, the pursuit of happiness, and I would amend that to say a meaningful life, has to do with the internal journey of learning to know oneself and the external journey in service to others. I believe Thomas Jefferson hit the nail on the head That is truly what our life is all about. The internal journey of learning to know ourselves is learning who we really are, what our gifts and talents are, and what makes us tick our desires and our passions and leaning into and developing those things. The external journey in service to others is our work to this world. It is how we fulfill our missions and make a difference in a way that is unique to us. It's the dissatisfaction with where we are and the accompanying desires for change that truly allow us to pursue that happiness that Thomas Jefferson is talking about, that meaningful life. Remember, our spirits need three things in order to thrive. Connection, contribution, and growth. When we don't feel connected or like we belong, our spirit suffers. When we don't have meaningful ways to serve or contribute, our spirit becomes distressed. When we aren't growing, learning, becoming, stagnation afflicts our spirit. Dissatisfaction, discontent, and restlessness follow. The question that can shift it all for you is this, what am I making it mean? What are you making the dissatisfaction mean about you, about your life, about your future? Friends, I'm gonna tell you a truth I wish I would have known 40 years ago, and it's this, The desires of your heart, those whispers of what could be and the dreams that you hold for your future, they aren't just random fantasies or pie in the sky daydreams. They are actually powerful clues as to who you really are and why you are here. Listen to the desires of your heart. Lean into them. Pay attention to what lights you up. Take note of what engages you so much that you lose time while doing it. Recognize what issues you become emotionally charged about. What is your discontent inviting you to become? What are you passionate about changing? What problem are you driven to solve? What do you feel called to help? Meditate, pray, ponder the possibilities. Dream, visualize, imagine. There's a meme I love that says, Be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. I love that. Figure out what makes you come alive. What makes you jump out of bed in the morning. As you follow the breadcrumb trail of promptings born out of discontent and its accompanying desires, opportunities will arise. As you're open and act on these promptings, you will absolutely be led to develop your God-given gifts and fulfill your divine callings. You are designed for greatness. I love the quote from Bruce R. McConkie. All the spirits of men, while yet in the eternal presence, developed aptitudes, talents, capacities, and abilities of every sort, kind, and degree. During the long expanse of life, which then was, an infinite variety of talents and abilities came into being. As the ages rolled, no two spirits remained alike. Mozart became a musician. Einstein centered his interest in mathematics. Michelangelo turned his attention to painting. Abraham and Moses and all the prophets sought and obtained the talent for spirituality. When we pass from preexistence to mortality, we bring with us the traits and talents there developed. True, we forget what went before because we are here being tested, but the capacities and abilities that then were ours are yet resident within us. Mozart is still a musician. Einstein retains his mathematical abilities. Michelangelo, his artistic talent, Abraham, Moses, and the prophets, their spiritual talents and abilities, and all men with their infinitely varied talents and personalities, pick up the course of progression where they left it off when they left the heavenly realms. End quote. Awesome, right? The thing is, our spirits, which reside in our bodies, have access to all that went before in the preexistence. Our spirits know what we are innately good at because they prepared for eons in the pre-existence to come to earth to get a body and to fulfill certain purposes and missions here. God and our spirit communicate to us through the feelings we experience in our bodies and through the thoughts in our minds. The complementary feelings of dissatisfaction and desire are invitations to grow and clues to who we really are and why we are here. I love how Steve Pressfield describes the desires that come from on high. He says, quote, look in your own heart, unless I'm crazy right now, a small voice is piping up telling you as it has 10,000 times the calling that is yours and yours alone, you know, it no one has to tell you End quote, what a great explanation. The desires of our hearts are powerful signals pointing to where our gifts lie and to how we can use them to live into our missions here on earth. As we understand the divine purpose of discontent and let it work in our hearts, my challenge to you is to analyze what desire or dream the discontent creates within you. Take a second and check in with your heart. What do you desire? As long as it's not morally or ethically wrong, lean into the desire. Michelle Craig said, quote, the Lord through his prophet is calling each of us to live and care in a higher and holier way, to take a step higher, End quote. What is it you feel called to do? How are you going to take a step higher? Trust that God and your divine spirit place the deep desires that you feel right there in your heart, and acting on your desire will put you in the right place interacting with the right people at the right times to powerfully serve others in your own unique way. It won't be easy. In fact, it will probably be one of the scariest things you've ever done. But with the grit born of discontent, you will be able to look the fear right in the eyeballs and walk forward anyway. This truly is a unique and incredible time we are living in. So many things are in commotion and the signs of the times are happening all over the place at a dizzying speed. People are being called right now to build the kingdom of God in so many neat, different, and powerful ways. I am seeing it all over the place. It lights me up to help my clients realize and then act on the ways they are feeling and hearing their own call. Each and every one of us has a work to do, and there's no time to waste. It all starts with dissatisfaction, leading to a desire and then utilizing the recipe for growth by loving what we have while working for what we want. The discontent and its partnered desire has to reach an actionable threshold necessary to urge us to venture outside of our comfortable cave and into the growth zone. I challenge you to become uber aware of the feelings in your body. The emotions we feel in our bodies are critical for spiritual communication So are the thoughts in our minds. Divine communication of truths about our identity and purpose, they come to us also through the quiet but persistent thoughts in our heads. The trick is to think about what you're thinking about. Let me say that again because it's critical. Think about what you are thinking about. Discern the source of the thoughts in your mind and then decide on purpose which thoughts you will intentionally continue to think, focus on and believe, and then reject those that don't serve you. Although Satan cannot know what we are thinking because of the fall, he does have open access to push his thoughts into our lower brains. When Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, as the scriptures say, this act opened their eyes to a knowledge of good and evil. While their physical eyes were already open, they could see the world around them just fine. Their spiritual eyes were also already open. They could see God. The only other eyes this could refer to is the eyes of their mind. So partaking of the fruit opened the minds of humankind to Satan, allowing him and his minions to push their thoughts into our mind. It can be confusing because thoughts originating from the adversary sound like our own voice, and come to us in the words we would use. But make no mistake, if your thoughts are deceitful lies about your identity and purpose, if they are discouraging, leaving you feeling shame and fear, or if they are distracting, keeping you from what really matters, you can know with 100% assurity these thoughts are not from you. They are from Satan. They will lead to stagnation sabotage, and destruction if you continue to naively think and believe them. But friends, the power and privilege that we have is the ability to choose. We are not objects to be acted upon. We get to decide which thoughts we attend to and focus on and which ones we will reject. Thoughts are not facts. Because of the gift of agency, we get to decide which thoughts we will nurture and allow to grow within us. The thoughts we receive from God and from our divine spirit come to us through our higher brain. Often they are soft like a whisper or a still small voice in our mind. If we pause, get quiet and still, if we pray and ask, meditate and believe, we will hear and know the source of our thoughts and be able to hear more clearly those that are from divinity. These thoughts from God speak to our potential and encourage our growth They reassure us of our infinite worth and confirm to our soul that there is a divinely crafted plan in place for our life. While these thoughts often do ask more of us, they are full of love, grace, and acceptance. I like how Lewis Monday says it. The Lord does not tell us what we are not, but what we are. He shows us how far we have come, and although he shows us how far we have to go and what we can do to improve, that comes with a feeling of hope a desire to improve, and a feeling of achievability. I love that. So the burning question of this podcast is, are you using the dissatisfaction you feel and its partner, heartfelt desire? Are you using these feelings to lean into thoughts from the adversary, which lead to discouragement and stagnation? Or are you using the discontent you experience to embrace thoughts from on high, which lead to empowerment and growth? Is the discontent serving as an impetus for stepping into who you really are and stepping up to your purpose in this world, or is it engendering discouragement, self-pity, and depression? As we've discussed a few times now, there is a powerful strategy to keep you on the path of using the discontent that arises to serve you. Do you remember what the secret weapon for keeping your discontent positive is? The magical recipe for creating more growth, connection, and contribution from our dissatisfaction is to be happy with what you have while working for what you want. It's all about gratitude and faith. I coach girls basketball for the freshmen at our high school. Our head coach, Sterling Mack, is absolutely phenomenal. I remember a powerful coaching moment the very first year I started coaching on the high school level. At a tournament, our girls came back from a huge deficit, and with only a few minutes left, they were on the verge of a major upset. They were freaking out with excitement. It was so fun. Coach Mack corralled these hyped up girls into our timeout huddle, and he said, hey, hey, the game is not over. Listen, listen. Be happy, but don't be satisfied. Be happy, but don't be satisfied. It was such a powerful learning moment. This little reminder kept them in the zone of developing their craft. It helped them lean into the momentum gleaned from the little victories that had gotten them that far. However, it also prevented them from letting up, from slacking off or getting comfortable. Not being satisfied on the basketball court translates into hardcore tenacity, focus, and determination to perform at the highest level. In life, Just like in this basketball game, absolutely celebrate all along the way. That is critical to success. And use discontent to inspire the grit and perseverance necessary to meet goal after goal. Just like Coach Mack said, the game is not over. This life is a continual upward spiral of becoming more and more like our Savior Jesus Christ. There is no finish line. No pot at the end of the rainbow or a prize that we will achieve that signifies we are finally done. No, it is an ongoing journey, an infinite game of becoming. And it is a beautiful process, riddled with uncomfortable failures and discontent, as well as breathtaking moments of growth and transformation, where we understand better who we really are and how we can most effectively serve others. When my sixth child, my last baby was one year old, the discontent and dissatisfaction I felt about myself reached an all time devastating intensity. My knee jerk reaction to the restlessness and discontent was paralyzing discouragement. I fell into the messed up mentality along with its accompanying shame, guilt, and fear. I lived in this horrid, despicable place of despair Until after many heartfelt prayers, I stumbled upon the recipe, which allows us to use the dissatisfaction as the divine tool it was meant to be. I started a gratitude practice. I was intentional about finding something, anything to be grateful for. Little by little, I began to be happy for what I had while working for what I wanted. Gratitude. Oh, how grateful I am for the power of gratitude. Gratitude is truly a magnet for miracles, and the miracle that those preliminary feeble attempts at gratitude brought to me was life coaching and cognitive behavioral therapy. As I continued to be happy for what I had while working for what I wanted, the gratitude brought with it the miracle of faith and even self-belief, enabling me to strengthen innate skills and even activate latent gifts and talents I didn't even know I had. As I intentionally managed the discontent, allowing it to give me the grit, perseverance, and empowerment necessary to grow, I could not ignore the call I felt from on high to consecrate my abilities as well as my experiences to help others. I tried to ignore the promptings, but it really didn't make any sense. I had a master's degree in physical therapy and I was finally a full-time stay at home mom. I had a one-year-old baby and five other super active kids at home. How on earth could I become a life coach and start my own business? But God and my divine spirit know way better than I do. As I continued to pay attention to my feelings of discontent and it's accompanying heartfelt desires, my next steps became clear. As I listened with a discerning awareness to my thoughts, my path forward, despite not making very much sense, it was undeniable. And now, three years later, here I am, still utilizing the magical formula for keeping our discontent divine, being happy for what I have while working for what I want. It's often uncomfortable, and it is by far the scariest thing I've ever done, but it's all worth it when I receive messages like this. Candace, you have changed my life. You are a ripple starter, a soul teacher, a friend. You grant me permission to feel what I need to feel. And I feel so freaking strong now because of you. Thank you for being brave enough to start your own business, for having these life experiences that make you so wise, for not being judgmental or preachy, but inviting us in to learn what you have to share. I don't know that I could have learned this information from someone else in the way I have from you. You have a gift. I am so grateful our paths have crossed. My heart is so full when I think of you. I get courage and inspiration from you. I know how much you have changed my life and I am so glad you made a career pivot and aren't just a physical therapist anymore. I share this message not to brag or to put myself up on a pedestal, but simply to reassure you that if I can do it, anyone can, truly, it's all about accessing gratitude and faith. Be happy with what you have while working for what you want. Marianne Williamson gives this advice for when the gap between where we are and where we want to go seems monumental. She said, quote, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. End quote. Where in your life do you feel dissatisfied? What exactly do you want? Accept your dissatisfaction as an invitation to grow. Set some goals. Take the uncomfortable but necessary steps to develop skill sets and enhance your gifts so that you can more fully engage in your internal journey to know yourself and in your external journey in service to others. Analyze the emotions you feel in your body. Think about the thoughts that are in your head. Pray for discernment, gratitude, faith, and courage. Do not fall for Satan's snare of letting dissatisfaction lead to discouragement. Decide to see discontent as a wink from heaven, leading you into more connection, contribution, and growth. As we let the dissatisfaction about where we are currently drive us toward growth, The secret is to put the powerful formula that Helen Keller is known for to work. Have you memorized it yet? We can use our discontent to create more of what our spirits are craving. We will land in a life of fulfillment with further connection, contribution, and growth as we commit to being happy for what we have while working for what we want. Friends, you are meant for great things. Thank you for listening. You are designed for greatness. Hey there, if you enjoy this podcast and want more, go grab my free tutorial, three brain traps that will keep you stuck. If you are to meet any goal, it is critical you become the boss of your brain and firmly align your thoughts with light and truth. I can't wait to get you started. Click on the link in the show notes or go to my website, candicenos.com to get it. And remember, you are designed for greatness.